Hang on. Hang on. Halt. ABCs? It might be. Holy shit. Yeah, you're the only one even reserved. Yes! I'm so glad you picked one. I've got people coming at me that are like, oh, I love the kids' albums. I'm like, I will let you pick so- two songs if at least one of them is a kid's song because I need, <laughs> like, I'm getting the ones off no. Like, no is, yeah. is, is coming easier. Yeah. But Well, yeah. it's funny. I mean, well, I don't know if you need to do an intro or whatever, but I'll tell you why I picked yeah, it. Yeah, that's but. fine. But I can chop stuff okay. around and all that. Okay. It doesn't matter. We usually have a pre-intro segment now. <laughs> pre-intro? Okay, yeah. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, like, I remember looking down the list and, and I was just thinking, like, the... So, yeah, I have young kids. They're, they're age two and six. and And typically you'll find me riding around on my big slow cargo bike around Oakland with one or both my kids in the back nice. and I've got a little bluetooth speaker <laughs> and and um and the two albums that I listen to the most are are uh the album is actually called Here Comes Science but my kids call it Science is Real cuz that's the first song of oh, the, yeah. uh-huh. the first song in the album yep um and then also the the Here Come the ABCs and Flying V like both my kids love it Great and I listen to it so much in the last Great. several months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me let me let me do the proper intro. I'll put it somewhere that makes sense. But okay, just so I can, say I can, the I mean, thing. I'm, I can repeat. I can repeat myself. Yeah. No. I, w- I want to hear all about this for sure. All right. Anyway, um, go ahead. Yes. Do your thing. Uh, welcome to this might be a podcast, the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Sarus Faravar to talk about. The song Flying V off of Here Come the ABCs, our first Here Come the ABCs song. Yay! Flying V If you're standing underneath it, you will see when you inspect it that a flying V is made of flying geese. The pointed end flies in the lead. So when it flies, it's hard to read. You've got to tip your head to see. Flying V. Kid songs, yeah, Yay. dude. Uh, what's up? <laughs> hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Uh, man, things are great. It's it's late for me, but I'm on spring break slash um, hidey hole 
break. I don't, you know, we're, things we're are all nutty. We're on hidey hole break, man. I'm in California, like, yeah, the, the, my, my, I live in Oakland, California, which is on self-quarantine or whatever we're calling it now, lockdown, yep. dystopian terribleness. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Actually, Averin, uh, Averin Keating, who I, um, yeah, I'll plug the Australia thing, even though by the time this comes out, the Australia thing, you should still go check out Glean for Australia on Bandcamp, but, um, Averin lives in Dublin, which is like half hour yeah, south. Yeah, half hour away from me. Yeah, yeah. and we were talking mm-hmm. about that too. Like that, it's. Uh, I mean, it's pretty serious over there. But I guess like port cities and stuff, and places with big airports are going to be getting it yeah, hard, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean the the schools. Like I've just been hanging out with my kids for three days, which is fun, but also like you know, and my job fortunately has been letting me do that and not worry about losing money and stuff, which is great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, everybody's doing the social distancing thing yeah. and, and you're currently and under a blanket, which I believe is a I'm virus, currently under a, blanket. a virus shielding blanket. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about virus shielding, but it's a uh, sound baffling or something. It's baffling in different ways. I don't know. I'm no sound engineer, but this is what they taught me in journalism school. Are we, yeah. Are we allowed to at all mention anything about your job? I mean, with all the like back sure. and forth with, yeah, yeah. okay. Oh yeah, totally. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before we get into They Might Be Giants, tell uh, people who you are. Cause I first, uh, sure. I first contacted you on Twitter after you retweeted something of mine and I'm like, oh cool. Wait, this guy, he's got the blue, he's got the <laughs> verified check mark and he's got 25,000 followers. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Who is this dude? It doesn't mean anything. Well, dude, it does mean something when a little thing gets retweeted by someone with that many followers. So I was just like, I wrote you and I'm like, I appreciate that, man. Really, it helps hey, a lot. No, you you make a good show. Thank um, you. So what, uh, so what do you do? What do I do? What don't I do? Um, I'm a journalist. I normally spend my time um, writing about weird Silicon Valley tech stuff, often as it intersects with privacy surveillance, oh. the law, things like that. I had a book that came out two years ago about 50 years of surveillance law uh, in America called Habeas Data, Wow. Uh, available wherever fine books are sold. <laughs> um, and yeah, so yeah, my normal daily life has nothing to do with music. Um, I talk to people on the phone, I go meet people, I learn stuff. As I often tell people, journalism is just like you learn stuff and then you write it down and you yeah. tell people what you learned. Yeah. That's what journalism is. And you primarily work for, uh, you work for NBC. I do work for NBC. That Actually, when I was in, so speaking of music, so I have far less musical training than you do, but uh, I did play clarinet. Do you technically still play? I know how to play uh, clarinet. Nice, nice. For, um, and one time when I went to, when I was 15 and I went to a, um, when I went to like a sleepaway summer music camp, different than band camp, which I also went to because I was in marching band. Nice, um, yes. I went to a sleepaway summer music camp and I did like formal ear training for the first time. Oh. And the like NBC, like yep. that's like an ear training. That's like a common, from what I understood, ear training like exercise. Yeah, the intervals. Uh, yeah, the intervals are, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because, okay, so I've started, you know, I've had, the, the podcast has gotten to a certain level of success in that people come to me asking to be on because I used to be just like scraping, like getting all my real friends I knew were fans. I'm like, will you do it? They're like, I don't know. I don't want to hear my own voice on a podcast. I'm like, just get over here. And uh, But now like people are coming to me and I, I love it. And um, But like, so now I'm spending time like e- emailing or, or making phone calls to people with like agents and stuff like that. Hey. You, I've had to make phone calls about like it's the 90s. 
all over like again. It's the nineties. It's, it's Hollywood, yeah. baby. Yeah. So there's a bureaucracy at my at my company. So Sarus here asked me to send like a pitch, my my formal email pitch after we were just talking on Twitter. Yeah. That you were going to send along to you know just to you know to I had to send it to somebody at Thirty Rock. You guys, yeah, yeah and it's all good. It's what, all good. Was it Jack Donaghy? <laughs> it's all good yeah but, yeah, but I'm like glad, glad we could do this yeah dominique she um was like so she sent me an email back uh yeah can i call you i'm like call me okay i guess you know sure uh, i never pick up the phone for anyone even my own mother no <laughs> usually from my mom but she likes texting now so that's good so uh so like yeah call me at four i'll be on my drive home from work so i'm like yeah man i'm like kind of like i'm not like sweating it or something but like you know, I have a career type job. I do job interviews. I know how to speak professionally, even though it's a very mm-hmm. oftentimes unprofessional podcast and that it's just sure. jibber jabber, <laughs> you know, whatever, shooting the shit. But yeah, I, I can put on the thing, you know, like, yeah, okay, uh, I got to act like my podcast is a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. <laughs> yes, Dominic. It, it's a thing. We're just going to talk about They Might Be Giants. It's cool. That's all we're doing. Were they worried about like you besmirching the good name of NBC or letting I loose some know. tech secrets? I don't know. They, they, I don't know what their deal is. They, they, you know, I, I like NBC a lot. I've worked there a little over a year. Uh, they've been good to me. Um, I try to, you know, follow their processes. But yeah, they, they just want to make sure that people are, you know, not like, making the company look bad or making sure. themselves look bad or, or whatever. And, and, uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah but totally happy to come talk about the movie. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. I'd imagine most of the time, like, I mean, podcasts are a very legit for like, I started podcasting 2012 and people were yeah. like, how do I do? What is it? And now it's like, you know, <laughs> people like Conan have them and stuff. Yeah, people know what it is now. Yeah. So like, I'd imagine there's a lot of people that are actually going on like serious news based podcasts to like, talk yeah, about mean, serious I mean, like, shit for sure for sure i mean nbc has a has a growing and burgeoning podcast you know division department yeah little section in the office in new york um and they're great people and they make some great podcasts but yeah but like all of them as you say are about like big serious news topics yeah um, and you know especially now especially when so many of us are worried about so many crazy things in the world. Like, honestly, and I'm not just like blowing smoke at you. Like this podcast for me is like a thing that I turn to for escapism. Oh. It's a thing that I turn to for like solace and comfort in a thing that I love and a thing that I have loved for a long time. And it helps me appreciate a thing that I love in a new way. And that's great. That's, um, that's so amazing. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Sa- same for me. I mean, I've called them my favorite band for a long time, but like, Getting into the nitty gritty of these songs and also just talking to new people that love them or see them in different ways has yeah. made them like, there's no way any band could ever overtake them like in my life. There's no way, <laughs> like I'm just, just even this deep into the podcast, I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, it's settled for life. Yeah. So, yeah. So tell us about your, um, your, your history of fandom with the band then. My journey, my journey. Your into... journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, actually, it ha- it's very specific, and I don't know if, if uh, I haven't talked to this guy in a long time, but I remember when I was probably around 15, uh, I had a Boy Scout buddy named Daniel Freisinger. Um, Daniel, I think, is last I heard somewhere in LA area, uh, which is near where I grew up, uh, in Santa Monica, California, is my hometown. Um, Daniel told me, I believe it was on a camping trip, he told me about some nerd rock band, yeah. uh, is, was how he described it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, he told me about like, you know, 
I think the I feel like a lot of gateway TMBG songs, as you know, are not actually TMBG songs, like Istanbul and yeah, the, the Sun g- Is a Massive, the the Why Does the Sun Shine? <laughs> They're sneaky like covers. They're sneaky, They're covers, sneaky covers that no exactly. one knows. Yeah, our covers. Exactly, exactly. And so, like that was, I think, my first kind of entree into being aware that TMBG was a was a thing. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Probably in like the, yeah, nineteen ninety six seven era, and the first album that I ever bought. Uh, was in 1997 uh, was Flood seven years after it came out okay yeah Um, and I bought it at a CD store when that was a thing um, when in it was (laughs) I lived for a year from 97 98 in Geneva or just outside of Geneva Switzerland Uh, oh wow I was living with family there and I went to a CD store in Geneva that was on like a little island that it was a very tiny island in the city of Geneva that is on the Rhone River right there. Wow. Um, I looked it up recently. The CD store is long gone, but it's this like tiny island that's like barely bigger than the plot of land for the store. It's like a little <laughs> footbridge and a store. Um, that's so buying, magical. I, yeah. And I distinctly remember buying Flood there. And that became, I would say, the primary soundtrack for me um, that year. Like I listened to it a lot um, on my Discman um, biking around semi-rural Switzerland. I hope he had um, good shock protection on that disc, man. <laughs> got, got to get the twenty-second yeah, shock protection. I was gonna say, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely like flew my disc man open a few times, but um, <laughs> it worked out. But, but like, so, so that that album has like a really special place in my heart. And as I'm speaking to you, I'm wearing my my flood. I just saw the flood uh, show in New Haven. We can get yeah, into that later. But, yeah. Um, and. You know, like listening to that album performed live in its entirety, even in a wacky order, is just like was incredible for me. Uh, and and it was really it was really a lot of fun. And and as the band has gone on, like I think a lot of people who listen to the band over time, your relationship to the music changes, your relationship to particular songs, particular albums changes. Um, but even like new stuff, like you know, they are as you well know a extremely prolific. <laughs> an incredibly creative band, um, yeah, more so than any other band that I can think of. Um, and the fact that they have now done what is it, three children's albums? They've that done, I listen to now. They've done five. Five? Are you, you got, serious? Yeah, you oh, got. Man. You got no. Then you got okay. here come the ABCs, the one, sure. two, three, science, right. and why? Do you not have why? I guess I I do have why I guess I yeah I my kids are just so into the ABCs and the yeah. Here Comes Science that like the other ones don't they don't even know about the other ones yet <laughs> Science is probably my favorite but yeah yeah because you got the three Here Comes albums and then you got right. No and Why yeah so those are the yeah but yeah but but just to like finish the thought I yeah so I started with Flood um, when I was in later high school I picked up the double album then the earlier years yeah listened to that a lot so I, I got I got more familiar with the those songs the weird um, ones too the weird ones yeah. too yeah <laughs> and then um and then yeah like in high school and college uh you know i i i love i'm with you on the mint car i'm totally on that mint car train fuck yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> mint car rules but suck yeah, it girl <laughs> yeah but yeah so i would say for me for me though like flood is like my fundamental tmbg album and then and then uh I, I guess then is what John Henry and Apollo eighteen. Those are that. That's what that then, is. Then, right? then is uh, the self-titled debut in Lincoln. 
Okay, sorry. See, so it's the first. Really yeah, it's the first two albums <laughs> and like all the B sides and EP stuff right. and all that. So, right. so yeah, that's so that's awesome that you got that so early because I got it pretty early on. I mean, I got it right when it came out. So I was a fan just just a few years earlier than you. But getting mm-hmm. that like so early and that becoming like the normal like normalizing right. songs right. like mr claw like really yeah. sets you up for like continuing oh, yeah. to like even stuff that's not they might be giants like it sets you up for like this this mindset of like music can be really really weird but still be like pop <laughs> fun rock music and you know and yeah. fun yeah right yeah yeah totally well, and and i think like you like a lot of people right like i played in high school i played clarinet in marching band orchestra uh, wind ensemble, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and so I was familiar with, like, I remember, I distinctly remember hearing the song Cowtown on that, <laughs> on that album boop, and boop, hearing, boop, that, boop, hearing boop, that bass clarinet. And I was like, dude, who else does a freaking bass clarinet on a rock song? Like, that's such a weird instrumentation choice, but I love it. Like, it's super fun and interesting. Yeah. Linnell um, loves his reed instruments. I mean, there's <laughs> bass and Barry Saxel or everything. And I've, I've loved Barry Sax for a long time. I mean, I love, I love Motown music a lot too, and like that soul music has a ton of the low, low yeah, saxes. But I, low read, I yeah. think that love may have been instilled from like they might be giants because I mean, especially when you get to like Apollo eighteen, there is Barry sax all over that album, right? Just right. like just like riding that bass line the whole way, just right. like yeah, love it. Yeah, so it's super fun. So yeah, so I saw I, I saw I saw Mint Car. I saw an in store of Mint Car in San Francisco, oh. which was super fun. Um, that Where was, really was cool. it at? Was that Amoeba? It was at Amoeba and Film in Lower Hate. Um, nice. Yeah, in San Francisco. Uh, so that was super fun. And then I think again, like a lot of people who I've heard on your show, I kind of fell off TMBG for a while. Um, How so dare I, like, you? There, <laughs> so there's like a period I would say in the like the like twenty what 20 aughts 2010s where i kind of like I, i'm less familiar with those works even if i may have downloaded them i just haven't i've listened to them maybe five times per album instead of 50 times per album or something right um i mean they're also getting into the era of like things being very readily available right i mean even like i mean you're 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 well past like post napster stuff but still like streaming is starting to come along and right, downloading right, right. is easier because internet speeds are higher that kind of thing right you have more music so less time for each album you might own yeah 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 and it and and yeah just like i think there's a totally different experience of like listening to an album on a disc man obviously versus you can pick and choose your favorite tmbg playlist or whatever um uh but yeah but so that was kind of my journey and then got got you know back into them again with my kids of like being like, oh, TMBG has killed albums. Let's listen to these, and it's like, shit, these are great songs, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and they're so they're just like fun and informative and catchy and goofy, and um, and and you know, it's it's a joy to listen to them with them, and it's fun that like even my two year old son like will ask specifically for Science Is Real or Flying V, and he can like not totally always form coherent sentences, yeah. but like he has you know taste. That's what he wants to hear. And I try to nice. put on something else, and they're like, "No, flying V." Or, uh, yeah. no, no, science is real. <laughs> I love um, that they call it "Science is Real," and that's that yeah. would be just as great of an album. But I think uh, just as great of a title. <laughs> but I think they yeah. had to stick with that thing through the. I don't know. Did Disney make them keep it a, th- a th- themed? <laughs> I don't. I, you know, I don't know if that's why that those sold so well or whatever. Is that people like a good 
theme to something. They want to know what right. they're getting, right? Right. An album called right. Why. They're like, I don't know what this is. It's got a squirrel on the front. What is this? But like, <laughs> here come the one, two, threes, and it's got the little puppets. It's like, you know what you're getting. Yeah. Right? Yeah. At least at least somewhat. Yeah. But like, you know, they might be giants still bring it. Still you still get plenty of weird uh genre experimentation and all the normal stuff. It's just their kid friendly lyrics. I mean, they're so yeah. good. So good. Yeah. So Flying V is like the hit around the house for yeah i mean i would say for for us yeah flying v is a is a really good one i mean um i've listened to that album through a few times and you know i have thoughts on some of the other tracks but flying v is just like a reliable standby it's not a very long song it's like i think it's under three minutes if i'm not mistaken dude dude it is hold on it is one minute and 34 seconds wow yep see if you had made me guess i would have guessed like 220 <laughs> wow. Uh it's a it's it's a very it's a short catchy and this I think is one of the things that's fun generally about this album is that like you think like oh it's going to be like teaching kids about letters which it is but but it's not like I feel like it's not in a kind of cartoonish cheesy way right. like this song is about like obviously the letter V but it's about like geese and right there's like my favorite line is like you know in the window of a music store uh, or on stage at a rock show. Like, to me, that's like, like you're playing for kids who probably, if they have been to a rock show, it is probably a TNG, TMBG kids <laughs> rock show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if they've been to one at all. But, like, just, like, planting the idea that that is a thing that you could observe when you're an older kid, I think, is, is really fun. And uh, also just, like, the, yeah, the shape of a V, things that look like a V. I mean... The geese, like when you, you know, when you're first learning to draw, you know, you're, you're basing things off shapes, you know, like you draw right. a house is a square with a triangle on top, you right. know, exactly. right? Exactly. So the, the geese, the birds off in the distance are just little, yeah. little V's and they're very cutely yeah. portrayed in the cartoon. But well, like, it's not just the, it's not just the geese themselves. It's the formation, right? It's that like, too. Yeah. So they're like, the they're little V's because the... you draw them as V's and then they make a bigger right. V. So it's exactly. like, it's like an inception of V's. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a kid-friendly inception. You know, I was talking to, uh, to my wife while we were eating about, it occurred to me that there are probably a lot of people out there who don't know what a flying V is when it refers to a guitar. I, so here, as somebody who does not play the guitar, I will tell you what I think it means, and okay. then you can correct me. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so <laughs> what I think that it means is a, like, um, I'm thinking of, like, a guitarist who's very kind of, um, I know the like famous Prince guitar is like in the Prince symbol or, or <laughs> right, was right. for a while. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like you s- in those like, kind of eighties glam rock bands, there were like these kind of very triangular, unusually shaped guitars mm-hmm. is, is sort of how I interpret it is like, is like what I'm imagining is kind of an eighties glam rock, very triangular guitar in the window of a music store. That's what I imagine it is, but you're going to tell me that I'm totally wrong, I'm sure. No, I mean, it's exactly a V-body-shaped guitar. I just sent okay. you, over Gchat, I just sent you Uh-oh. a link to the Wikipedia page for it, oh, because okay. little did oh, I know... Is, have we entered Have we entered the Wikipedia portion of the show? Oh, definitely. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the TMBW, but this is Wikipedia. We're, I was looking at the history of the Gibson okay. Flying V. So, oh, so there's actually... Oh, yep, wow. It's, See, it's I a model. This. It's a model of actually, guitar. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I did not know now, that there was actually a literal model of guitar. Yep. Oh, that's incredible. So there's knockoffs of it, just like there's, you know, there's the Fender Stratocaster that has that uh-huh. famous electric guitar shape. Like when most people think of an electric guitar, they're thinking of it 
uh, yeah, of a um, so so like that that's been ripped off a million times. The Stratocaster shape, Flying V has been okay. ripped off, but Gibson is actually the one that has the patent on the name Flying V. Wow. And you'll also notice, so yeah, it's uh, the one they've got. They've got Jimi Hendrix is Jimi Hendrix's. Um, 1969 Flying V on uh, the picture right on the Wikipedia. And so, yeah, it's a black and white. It's got a white uh, pick card that's got a little bit of um, an asymmetrical triangular kind of shape but then it's got it's it's literally the shape of a v and then the, v. the headstock even comes to a point like an arrowhead right. it's so, kind of amazing i yeah. i never would have i i did not i would not have guessed i knew i think i i you know i guess obviously that it was a guitar but i would not have guessed that it was from ni- the 1950s like, yeah that's amazing so then i was i was reading a little bit yeah so it came out in uh, 1958 and it was at the time a futuristic design just like how everything in the 50s and 60s was like stereophonic sound like all that kind of stuff yeah right (laughs) yeah and um oh there's a reverse flying v holy shit dude look at the gibson explorer (laughs) if you click over the gibson explorer okay is another like classic heavy metal style guitar but it was also came out in 1958 knows nothing about guitars which is me like i i feel like i've seen this guitar in like it isn't the like that video game rock band like I feel like the guitar in that video game is oh, yeah. like this right like oh yeah um, yeah yeah on the screen yeah and if anyone's ever seen the Adult Swim show Metalocalypse <laughs> uh, that that well that, <laughs> that band they've actually gone on tour where there's a band that plays along with the uh, uh, the cartoon uh-huh. on screen and the band and in the cartoon is sponsored by Gibson guitars and Marshall amps like it oh, actually wow. has it in the credits like so these are exact like to use their exact guitars in the cartoon That's amazing. like they're actually. The cartoon is sponsored That's by Gibson, amazing. so one of the, one of the guys uses an Explorer. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not sure if one of the guys uses a flying That's feet, very but cool. So 1958, these uh, were originally used by blues guys, and uh-huh. if you look down in the origins, like three uh, paragraphs down, Albert King. There's a really right. awesome photo of him, and this is from the late 70s. That is a great picture. Him playing a lefty flying V, and it looks amazing and and these guys you know because like um i mean you had like he's wearing this pinstripe suit hell yeah and he's holding this like black guitar just like looking cool with the white strap the white shoulder strap with the black guitar and the black pinstripe suit super and the super shades yeah dude i mean it's like it's like bo diddley i'm not sure if you're familiar with bo diddley but um flansburg really kind of dug those he he would have like these square or more like rectangular like these really weird shaped guitars um and i mean pretty much flansburg like if you know like the hotel detective video or um he's got that red i mean it's just a rectangular body you tell me as a as a guitarist you tell me is is playing something that is a kind of unconventional shape like this would that kind of mess you up or or is it well you would not want to sit down with a flying v because the (laughs) shape of it like you know you think of most guitars most guitars have what's called a waist which is literally where the body goes in you know and on acoustic it's very distinct uh on a stratocaster most guitars have that little whoop like I play a jazz master, which was made by uh, Fender for jazz players, ended up getting picked up by surf rock guys, and then like okay. Sonic Youth and like all the shoegaze bands because of the whammy action and like the the way the pickups were designed. But uh, and that's an offset guitar, but it still has a waist that's just like not quite. It's not right. it's not symmetrical. But a flying V has no 
waist on it to to rest on your leg so you really got to play it standing up or it'll just keep slipping down it's i mean it's got like an angle so interesting down you put on your leg it's just gonna whoop just go right down (laughs) the explorer might work a little better that's so interesting the explorer has a waist to it but yeah you'd want to stand up playing the flying v but other than that i think it's just about fucking looking cool and if you like you know but there there is something to that if you've got this guitar and you feel like it's a badass guitar you're gonna want to play like a badass like you're yeah. gonna be like my guitar look well, at so this thing i'm seeing here in this wikipedia entry it says the 1958-59 karina flying v is one of the most valuable production model guitars on the market ranked at number five whoa on the 2011 top 25 published by vintage guitar magazine which i guess is a magazine and worth between two hundred thousand and two hundred fifty thousand dollars. yeah so is this like again as a guitarist is this the like Stradivarius of guitars like is this the like one that everyone wants or is this like is you it know? just does it do I guess what I'm asking is does it do anything musically or is it just like it looks dope well I think mostly people are buying it because it looks dope and that's why you see mostly okay. metal bands with it like if you okay. just google flying V Metallica is like the first thing to come up okay. um yeah I mean it started with blues guys but yeah they're really known as metal and like yeah and like hair metal and all that kind of stuff in the 80s okay um used by yeah James Hetfield and Kirk Hammett of uh Metallica Dave Mustaine wow yeah. on gibson.com on Gibson right now there's a link on the Wikipedia page at the bottom for gibson.com slash guitars slash flying hyphen v and there's a custom a flying V custom with ebony fingerboard gloss that retails for $4,699, which yeah. seems expensive for a guitar. Yeah. You know, my, my, uh, jazz masters of a $400 model, J Mascus, <laughs> but, uh, J Mascus signature model. The thing is, so I don't know. So you're not that familiar with, with guitars, but like Gibson has basically its budget brand, which is called Epiphone. I own an okay. Epiphone. Uh, Les Paul is is the most famous Gibson, um, uh-huh. and that shape. It's a Les Paul double cutaway, but it's an Epiphone. Uh-huh. Great guitar, but it's like buying like name brand versus you know whatever. They're probably going to taste the same in the gro- you know right. stuff from the grocery store. But so I have the J Mascus from Dinosaur Junior. It's his signature model. There's a fen- mm-hmm. a Fender model, um, which I coveted because it was purple, but it was it was twelve hundred dollars. Or there's the Squire one, which is four hundred dollars. And mm-hmm. if you look up pictures of Jay Mascus live, he's mm-hmm. more often playing his Squire version of his guitar. Mm-hmm. He's playing the four hundred dollar one, not the twelve hundred dollar one. Himself, the guy mm-hmm. that designed it. So it mm-hmm. does. It doesn't really fucking matter anymore. The thing is that they used to all be really manufactured poorly, but like the now the the budget ones are are the manufacturing Pretty has come good. up, and you can't tell. Yeah. I can't tell honestly. But so the the anyway the flying V. I think most people buy it for looks, but like uh-huh. there, you know, if it's a Gibson guitar, it's gonna have. You know, people know what they're getting for. You get uh, the the standard pickups in like a Les Paul, and probably the same in a Flying V. I'd have to look. Um, yeah. Are going to give that that beefy sound that a lot of those heavy metal guys want. That yeah. real thick kind of lower bassy kind of tone. It's good for sure. you know shredding those leads and stuff. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like Hendrix owned a uh, Flying V, but he also owned a you know Fender Stratocaster is what he primarily played. So right. guys who usually have like I've got a Fender and I've got a or a Squire, but I've got a Fender and a Gibson style guitar. 
Because uh, yeah, you never know what you're what you're gonna watch, especially when See, you're in the so studio. See, like yeah, like th- this is great. Like I I totally thought it was like a fad glam rock thing, but I did not realize that it was kind of iconic. In oh the, in yeah, the rock world. I mean, look at it, man. I mean, it's so no, distinctive. It's, uh, no, but 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 see, that's what makes me love this song even more. Like, I, yeah. Like, my two-year-old and six-year-old children don't know what that is until I show them these, these, this, you know, pictures of these cool guitars. But like, but I think that uh, I think that that makes me again like have a newfound appreciation for for this song. Yeah, uh, show show them before. That's show great. them some Metallica so videos. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> I and, will. and children, yeah. this one is also about Satan. No, <laughs> I don't, I don't that's even know. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, when Linnell wrote it, he was definitely. I mean, Flying V. I mean, I guess he could have been referring to you know the shape of the the birds, but I mean, it's so prominent. Like the thumbnail on the YouTube thing is the guy looking in the music store window and he sees right. the guitar. You know, right, right. right. And um, oh, fun fun trivia: the guy that did the animation. Uh, Sam mm-hmm. Sam Henderson, he's mm-hmm. best known for his work on SpongeBob SquarePants. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. There you go. Ah, apparently, That's he fun. also collaborated with a couple of giants. Uh, let's see, Tony Millionaire. I'm not sure who that is. Brian Dewan, who's been on some songs mm-hmm. and stuff. He's a musician. And Andy Richter. They all did a series of 20 cartoons called God Hates Cartoons. And I really want to check that out because that's a good name. God Hates Cartoons. <laughs> I'm imagining they're adult cartoons. But the, awesome. the cartoon is adorable and very kind of childish looking, very um, simple. I mean, your kids, have, they've, se- they've watched the videos too, right? For these songs? Actually, we have not gotten into the videos. I keep meaning to do it, but maybe oh, this will now push me to do ones, it. the science ones, the science ones, man. I don't know if you caught any of the videos of my first graders singing these songs. It, it made its way around Facebook more than Twitter. But my oh, yeah. first my first grade programs, look. yeah, if you mm-hmm. go to my school's Facebook pages, they love paleontologists. They, I mean, mm-hmm. they love all the videos, but paleontologist sure. video is amazing. And yeah, That's I would so fun. definitely, if you have the CDD, the CDs, they come with the DVD, you should pop that in sometime yeah i think i probably i i don't know if i think i i mean i definitely have it like digital version i don't know if i have the actual cd but i'll i'll have to find it somewhere oh yeah they're um, all over youtube and stuff anyway well, so that's i mean that's even more interesting though that now that you say that because you know the song uh, again tell me if my music you know knowledge is is wrong but like the song is a salsa song. Like the music of it it's, is a salsa. <laughs> it's very song. Latin, yes. Yeah. yeah. And and like it it doesn't I mean, and that strikes me as being very much not a flying the guitar glam yeah. rock song. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. like that's, that's that's such a great I mean, it's such an interesting choice. I sort of feel like you, <laughs> you know, know if they You wanna know the funniest thing though. Yeah, tell me. There's no guitar in this song. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're right. There's that, no yeah, guitar yeah. in it. It's just <laughs> piano, drums, and there's tuba in there, played by uh-huh. Dan Levine, who has played a lot of trombone primarily on uh, right. the MP Giant stuff, um, right. and sometimes live in New York City. But um, yeah, it's just Marty and uh, John Linnell, and then a little bit of tuba. So, so there's no guitar in the song that's named after a famous guitar. A famous guitar. And I think yeah. that's that's got to be by design. That's Linnell just being like, ah. <laughs> Yeah, let's just be goofballs. But yeah, it's very like kind of Cuban. If you sit down, I mean, like with the state songs, like with the other ones, you know, and they're obviously so talented in terms of doing different styles of songs, even on the, on the, 
you know, here come the ABC's uh, song or album. I feel like, you know, they're like, okay, let's do a, let's do a salsa kind of Latin song just cause like, <laughs> even though yeah. it has nothing to do with anything. Um, and they, I think, I feel like it works really well. Uh, and it's just very like catchy and fun and, and quick, obviously quicker than I would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at the, let's see, I'm looking at the whole albums, uh, the, the run times, there is not a, okay. Um, they stuck violin on. Oh, that's on the DVD. Oh, the CD track listing. Violin's mm-hmm. a longer song. That was originally on No. But looking at the CD for Here Come the ABCs, none of the songs go over three minutes. They know what a kid's right. attention span is like. Um, most of the songs are under two minutes. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. the long ones are Eat Eats Everything. It's got a crap ton of words. Um, right. Can You Find It? Alphabet Lost and Found. Mm hmm. C is for conifers and D is for mm-hmm. D is for drums, which is mostly a little spoken kind of skit, right? But right. you got, you know, letter, not a letter is a minute and eight seconds. Go for right. G is a minute and 14 seconds. You know, they're just powering right. through. Yeah. Even with the bonus tracks, 26 songs, and it just f- flies through the, I mean, what would be the total? No, it does. Time? The yeah. album, the album really moves along. Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. See is for conifers is one of my daughter's favorites. I think that might yeah. be her like all time, like nighttime. Like if we're on like a bike ride at night, uh, if we're coming home from somewhere, like that's what she wants to listen to is see is for conifers. Um, that's cute. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but flying V, flying V is yeah, it's just it's just so good. Um, do your kids dance to it? Do, do they dance the salsa? Do they? <laughs> I mean, I'll try my like. You know, I took one salsa class at the YMCA in Berkeley in you know the year two thousand two. So I yeah. like, know I know like one basic salsa step. Uh, and I'll, I've definitely been known to try to do it. You know, while cooking dinner in our kitchen, while we're while we're you know rocking out making pancakes or whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's great though. I love that that yeah. In a song called Flying V, not only does it not have guitar in it. But it is not a rock song, you know, right. at all, exactly. really. I mean, exactly. yeah, it's like, it's just, you know, just these like f- funky Afro-Cuban rhythms and it's just like so fun, but it's yeah. not like, you'd look at it on the track list and some dad who owns a Flying V was probably like, oh, sweet. He kicks it on. <laughs> he's, ex- he's expecting like, Flying V. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Sorry, guy. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a Hendrix tribute. It's not. <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's totally just that's Linnell so giving like a little sly wink, like hat. <laughs> Fly <Flying laughs> yeah. Such a great sign, though. Yeah. The. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Looking further at the lyrics, though. Let's see. Um, I mean, yeah. The, he he crams quite a few lyrics into this short runtime. There's a little bit of repetition. Well, I mean, there's two full verses. Yeah. Yeah, there's two full verses. If you're standing underneath it. If you're standing underneath it, you will see when you inspect it. Yeah. The flying V is made of flying geese. Yeah. <laughs> the pointed yeah. end flies in the lead. So when it flies, flies it's hard, it's hard to, to read. read. <laughs> You've got to tip your head to see. My two-year-old can sing this. Like this is so yeah, good. That's like, great. like, and and it's again what I love about this. This, I mean, these lyrics are. It's a very short song, as we have discovered. Uh, 
but it's like i've definitely like i feel like a couple of weeks ago i saw like flying geese overhead and i definitely Uh. tilted my head to see them like i definitely did that yep yep (laughs) um and 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 then in the verse about the yeah in the verse about the guitar, so then the window right. of a music store on stage right. at a rock show, the flying V is made of a guitar, which is made of a guitar. Yeah. It's made of a guitar. The pointed end flies in the lead, so when it flies, it's right. hard to read. You have right. to be upside down to see it, because when a guitar player is holding a flying V, the V is pointing right. kind of up, up and to the left or to the right. Yeah. It's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. The guitar would have to be upside oh, down, yeah. or you'd have to tilt yeah. your head upside down for it to actually be a V. And I feel like I feel like the um, what do you? Okay, so again, I'm gonna, you know, I don't know anything <laughs> about playing guitar, but like no. I've, I've seen yeah. rock shows, right? So like so like when when um, you know when uh, uh, when Flans or whatever you know guitarist on on a show or you or whoever, right? Like when you're quasi conducting and you're telling the rest of the band, okay, this is our this is our like final like we're cutting at this beat at this drop or whatever uh-huh. like cuz i feel like is there a name for that in like rock show rock music uh oh you know what i'm talking you know, about i you mean know i like Okay, so it's it's kind of weird for me in being in rock bands over the years. It's nice being in a band with my wife, and currently all the members of Outdoor Valor are trained musicians mm-hmm. uh, and have been in band and can read music if we need them to, stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But like when you're conducting, and mm-hmm. for to, I'm a band director now, I'm teaching beginning right. band, but like I yeah. took conducting classes for two yeah. years. You know, yeah. you'd call you'd call it a cue, like you're signaling someone to come in, right? Or okay. you're making a cutoff to end the song. Now, but like in the context of a rock band, would you? Right, but even in front of see, I'm in a rock band that has trained musicians, two saxophonists, keyboardists, you know, drummer. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say, all right, when I give you a cue. I'd still call it a cue, but it might be more of instead of like with a conductor's baton, it would be right. with with a bob the and neck like of your guitar. The, the headstock. Yeah. So yeah. I, t- I mean, I don't know if there's like a rock lingo for that. They might just say I'm going to give you a, sing- a signal okay, or but something. So, but so like, I'd say I'm going to give you a cue. In, the, in this lyric, right? The way that they, the way that it's sung is, the, is, is, is he says. You have to be upside down to see it, and then like yeah. I f- like every time I hear that, like I th- it makes me think of like oh yeah, that's what it's like to watch somebody perform guitar hmm. when they're dropping the neck to that's how I think of it anyways. Like bow. Jimmy like, Vivino's bow. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like yeah. like I can totally imagine Flans like up there uh, with uh, <laughs> even though he's not his, playing. Even though he's not in playing, right? Like in my in my like weird messed up brain, this is what I'm imagining is like if he were to play it on a guitar, this is what it would look like. And <laughs> yeah. uh and and it would be like he'd be playing it essentially as you say, like vertically, the guitar vertically, and then uh-huh. it would be like C it and then it would drop and then the ah, song would come. Okay, yeah, and then be right? like, Oh, it's a V. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh and that's how I imagine it would be performed. I like uh, that. I've never seen this song performed actually. Um Yeah, let's see. Uh, how many times do they perform this? The wiki will tell us. Only twenty, only twenty known performances. Yeah. Probably when they toured the album, and then never I was again. Say, I feel like there was a time when they were doing these like kids shows at yeah. like libraries and stuff. Um, this was before I had kids, so I never went to any of them. But um, a lot of them were I at feel- Borders, Borders bookstores. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Is yeah. what I'm seeing. The wiki tells you everything. The wiki tells you everything. Yeah. But yeah. But like, I I wish that they would. I don't know if they want to do this or or if there's a market. For, I feel like there's a market. I would like to believe that there's a market for, um, you know, kids or kid friendly, 
you know, shows. Yeah. Um, you know, the whispers, the whispers around the community are that they're done making kids albums. I mean, it's that's been, fine. That's it's fine. Been five but if years, they want to do like nostalgia, you know, flood tours and nostalgia mink car, like we could do a nostalgia, like, in, you know, in two years, it'll be the 20th anniversary of no, the first kids. Um, that started all that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Well, if you haven't, um, and I don't know if you've listened to every single episode or caught up yet, but Danny has his own, I mean, he has the Red Pants Band, and, right. and he has four albums that are excellent uh, as well. So if you're looking for more material, and he does play live. I was going to say, after I listened to that interview that you did with him, which was really fun, uh, I was folding laundry mostly while I was listening to it. That's when um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> or edit my podcast, just let, let I, him go through. Yeah. I went and immediately downloaded that Superstar song, and that also has been become my daughter's uh one of my daughter's favorite songs like she constantly wants to hear it jam it's a jam it totally is yeah Um, and like we blast that like biking through oakland um and and yeah it it rips it really does now we're gonna take a quick break to hear from one of our podcast friends relying k i think i've heard of them aren't they christian or something don't they spell reliant wrong Well, you won't have to answer these questions for yourself. We're Jess and Danny, and on our show, Sadie Hawkins Pod, we're going song by song through Reliant K. You may have heard our crossovers with This Might Be a Podcast, and we're still doing our thing, looking at the band that we think might be the perfect match of geeky rock like TMBG combined with 2010's pop punk. Even if you're familiar with Reliant K from their songs like Be My Escape, Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been, and Deathbed, we haven't even done those songs yet, and we think you'll learn some surprising things about the band if you check out Sadie Hawkins Pod. Listen now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most anywhere podcasts are found. And we'll see you at the next punk rock show... Uh, wrong band. Oh, wait. Uh, We'll see you on your deathbed. (sighs) Be my escape. Yeah, I do wonder. I do wonder though, like if there were, if they were to play. I mean, no, they're doing like the the um, the uh, flood tour right now. But like, if they were to do a kind of more conventional show where they're kind of mixing it up across the albums, it would be really fun to throw in a, you know, a Flying V or a Paleontologist or a you know something like that. I feel like yeah, a lot of people would get yeah, a out of that. yeah. I think so. Like mixing them up in the set because people. Uh, yeah, people our age, like, like whether we got into out of the band or we were with them the whole time, chances right. are we either picked them up as we went, or if we had kids, we went and got them later. Because I didn't, I got, right. I got no when it came out, but I didn't right. get the other kids' albums when they came out. I'm like, nah, right. I don't know. Um, yeah. But then I had an excuse to buy them all finally, like a physical <laughs> copy, and like I yeah. think if they busted out paleontologists, like people would either like either they're younger people in the crowd that grew up on that kind of stuff, right, or they're the older people in the crowd who have kids and just like they would scream along to it. Let let Danny take yeah. the mic, man, or any of these kids' songs. I mean, yeah. Traps has three eyes. I would kill to see that live. I love Traps. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, um, it's a uh, yeah. It would be fun to just as like a random weird. I don't know. Maybe as a as a quickie encore or something. I mean, hell, I flying V really is fun. a minute and a half. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but like I saw you know, so I saw them most recently in um, 
in New Haven, I, basically, I mean, so one of the things that's nice about working for NBC is they like people to come back to the uh, to the mothership in, in 30 Rock, New York from time to time. Oh, yeah, and, okay. And so when I saw that they were doing the flood tour and I, and I was like looking at my calendar and figuring out like what my family situation was, I was like, well, I can sort of finagle a work trip and then just pop on a train and go up just to see the show, um, which is, which is what I did. Um, and it was, it was super fun. Nice. Uh, and it was in a venue that I'd never been, been in before. Um, this was, uh, this show, what is this place called? The College Street Music Hall in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. Um, and it's this, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, it feels like I think a lot of these types of, you know, revived, uh, older, you know, music venues. I was slightly worried because I was only able to buy like, you know, second re- or, uh, what do you call it? Resale balcony seats and i really wanted uh-huh. like one general admission ticket and i was afraid that they were going to be like jerks about it and make me go upstairs but they weren't and so i just hung out downstairs with everybody nice um uh so yeah it was great it was a really fun show and having been listening to the podcast i knew about the sapphire bullets backwards uh which was which was great yeah still yes. um, <laughs> but it was like i mean it was it was such a i mean it was a weird experience for me like i think a lot of people have this when they see bands that they've been listening to for you know in my case more than 20 years like i i genuinely like teared up when i heard them play birdhouse oh, like it, it yeah it was like like and, and it was just like i was i was close enough to see like flansburg's you know, gray in his beard, which is, I have gray in my beard and I'm 38 years old. And I was like, (laughs) shit, man, like these guys are older than me and they're like doing this. And, and it's just, it's, it's just so cool. Like, uh, and it was so fun and, you know, it, it takes you, it takes you to a, you know, for me, like it took me to a venue I'd never been before, but also like listening, appreciating, coming to, you know, love this album again in a way that I, you know, haven't, heard it before i've obviously had not heard it in the in the order that they performed it uh that night uh um, yeah what do you think about it being out of order are you were, did you dig I it or were fine. you like I, yeah no, i'm cool i don't need it to be in the order that it's on the album um i mean that's obviously how i interpret or i not interpret it how i first encountered it was in that and that's how i like am most familiar with it was in that particular order yeah. so i think the like <laughs> surprise of the, the surprise of the out of order is is fun and the like you know the gimmick of of sapphire bullets or whatever. There's some weird acronym that they have. S- well, like. it's it's stillub, which is bu- Sti- bullets right. backwards. Stillub. There you Stilub. go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bullets. Uh, <laughs> right. It's it's stillub. Um, really stillub. Right. I don't know. Right. <laughs> whatever. Uh, but yeah. But it's you know I I have more I have more um, you know I like some of the so- of the tracks on that album more than others. It was funny though, like I, I don't know about you, but like listening to I had not listened to Your Racist Friend in a long time. Yeah. And I feel like that song for me <laughs> at least means something very different in the year twenty twenty than it mm. does in the year nineteen ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. <laughs> and uh so that was just like that was uh, yeah just like contemporary politics was going through well, my mind when I was heard th- heard them performing that. Nineteen ninety seven um, we had a democratic president, so Right. Now, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we have not solved racism in 23 years. Um, it keeps creeping its way back up to the it's surface true. too. It kind of stays. It kind of stays hidden for a while, but then all of a sudden, someone's like, "Yeah, there's good people on both sides." No, yeah, no, okay. fuck, fuck yeah. all of them. What are you talking about? But uh, but I, I did you? not know what it, I did not know what to expect. I did not know what to expect in the second set. 
Um, yeah. I had not heard. I had not heard James Ensor in a long time, so that was really fun. Nice. Um, and uh, I'm really, really into the uh, the track that they closed that set with. The Communists have the music, which is I think is a relatively new release. Yep. Um, which is really fun. That's just a great catchy. That's so good. Like I feel like if you yeah. were <laughs> introducing somebody now who had never heard TMBG and be like, this is one of their newer songs. Uh, I think that's a great one to listen to. That would be a good um, one. That would be a good one. And you know, actually, um, have you spent much time on the wiki, the TMBW? I, I, like I said, I think I told you before we started, like I ha- I remember poking around tmbg.org, which right. I think was the kind of spiritual precursor to this might be a wiki. Yes. Um, and I, I did not know that this might be a wiki existed until I started listening to your show. Um, so I have, I have since then poked around a little bit and, uh, you know, I used it to look up, uh, you know, the set list. Like I knew most of the songs that they played at the show that I saw, but yeah. I didn't know every single one. I knew most of them. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's an incredible resource. Do, does TMBG still do? I was going to ask you this. Do, do they? I remember there was a time when they did. They would sell recording MP3 recordings of live shows. Do they still do that? Uh, not every show. Oftentimes they'll put out free live albums. Like did I make that up? Like I feel like they. Used no, they to did. Do, there was a time. They did. There was a time when they were doing that. Yep. Yep. Like okay. just like right off the board, and then they would like sell them like yeah, almost immediately. And, and, and I always thought, I always thought that that was such a great practice because there are fans who would pay 10, 15 bucks yeah. for a good live recording. Um, and I feel, you know, you were talking about the Napster days. Like I remember, like one of the first Napster, you know, era went in the kind of freewheeling. You know, who knows what MP3s you're going to find on there? Right. Right. <laughs> uh, there was like one recording of. What was it? There's like a, there's like a, it's a, what's the song? It's going to come to me. There's a TMBG song where they're playing, uh, it's, it's in San Francisco. They're playing, it's a show in San Francisco and there's like a extended drum solo with like drumming in different styles. Oh, it's called, Um, it's called Dan Hickey's Actual Drums. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and it's so good. And I'm like I I've always thought I was like I was like I don't even know what show this is from. I have the file on my computer, but I like it's it's just incredible. Have you not listened to the Dan Hickey episode yet? Uh maybe I'm just that much behind. I, I, yeah, I, I hate dude. To it. I've I've um, now talked to all four of the drummers of the MP Giants. But we talk about that. I played a little clip of it because it is okay. just awesome. Yeah, it's like it's so good. Keith Moon. <laughs> yeah, like, it's hell yeah. And like I, I don't even know like I don't even know who half those people are, but um you should look I definitely up. know who Animal from the Muppets is. <laughs> yeah. Um which is my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, if you but, want yeah, your kids would be pretty pretty uh, amused if you just looked up uh, YouTube videos of all the drummers they mentioned because okay. there's some pretty entertaining <laughs> flailing and some skills there. Oh, but the, the reason I finally clicked over to the page, I was like, you were talking about the communists have the music. Yeah, yeah. As a good intro, uh, good introduction to They Might Be Giants, modern They Might Be yeah. Giants. Yeah. Uh, you've heard me talk about the song Rankings on the wiki, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Um, the communists have the music is at number nine out of... Out of... N- Still scrolling. 910 songs. It is number nine. Now, to be fair, it only has 90 rankings. So I, I was going to say, I feel like the, the the voting, if all, I don't know how many, yeah, how many people are voting on, 
on this, but I hear you. It's a well, good song. Like, it's like a great Bird, song. like yeah. you, you have to have a user uh, thing to do it. Um, it's right. free, obviously. But Birdhouse right. in Your Soul is number one, and it sure. has 515 rankings. So yeah, there. The, you know, I I like looking at the rankings just because I like lists and uh, arguing about stuff. And um, <laughs> so you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt that it only has nine, but still, 90 people came on. And were like, I love this song. It has a 9.16 average. So clearly, most people hopped on here and gave it a 10. And it is an excellent song where the wait okay song ratings i'm going to this tab uh birdhouse and ink don't listen to yeah so like communist is communist is the only like like semi-recent song i feel yeah. like yeah on, on in the top what 20 like yeah i mean in the top 10 the next newest would be dr worm which is 1997 <laughs> that's what i'm saying like that's what that's how good it is like i think communist yeah. is a great song yeah uh, it's above they'll it, need a crane which is hilarious to me yeah yeah they'll need a crane <laughs> they'll need a crane is an odd choice i like that song a lot but really? that's an odd kind of popular choice um, well you know that's well that's you know the hits are obviously going to have an advantage here but i mean like the ones i do live episodes on the one i've done live episodes are birdhouse mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. let's start, and they'll need sure. a crane. Like, right. I already did episodes on Anna Inc. Like, first off, I didn't know that this podcast would even deserve live episodes. So, like, I did I did Anna <laughs> Ing and Dr. Worm, like, right off the bat. Uh-huh. You know? With, like, Dr. Worm with my wife and Anna Ing with my friend Patrick, who introduced uh-huh. me to the band. And now I'm thinking, like, Cara's like, you could do another live Dr. Worm. Like, who cares? I'm like, I've got 900 <laughs> songs to cover. I'm going to do one twice? I don't know. No. Yeah. But, yeah, looking at these, yeah. The, I, I would say, I would say, of my personal, if I had to like do my own personal TMBG, that should be a thing you should do is make people do their own like personal, you know, TMBG power rankings. You know, um, I mean, it happens. You know, lot, we talk about a lot more with albums. Like when people talk about their introduction to the band, yeah, then we'll yeah. start ranking like albums, which you know, for a lot of people, it's flood. But for a lot of the younger fans, they're like. Glean's my favorite. I'm like, really? I'm like, Glean is awesome, but really? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't, why do people, why are people so down on Mink Carr? I don't get it. D- neither do I. Did you, did you listen <laughs> to the great Mink Carr debate? <laughs> I, I started it. I had to stop it recently, but I started it. I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. Yeah, but. that's, it's because it didn't become, well, if you join Misk, Misk T, there's mm. also a shitposting group called They Might Be Shitposting. And <laughs> there's a lot of stuff on there where people... So, Gur Samuel, who um, actually uh, is about to have... No, his 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 episode just came out as, as I'm taping this. Oh, mm-hmm. we. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he likes to be kind of... I love him, but he likes to be kind of the contrarian. And he mm-hmm. likes to pick the weird stuff. Like, Oh, we is a 48-second song where the only words are Oh, we, oh, we, oh, we, oh, we. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. And... We had a great episode about it, um, but it, he likes to pick the weird stuff. He likes to, um, I mean, he likes to argue. What what could like music fan, even with their favorite band, is going to be like? This is the best album. This mm-hmm. is the worst album. It doesn't mean like he wouldn't listen to it above like yeah. fucking you know Counting Crows or something. But like <laughs> you know, as far as TMBG goes, he, I had a Counting Crows he, phase. It's okay. Know. What's that? You like Counting Crows? I, I, I had a Counting Crows phase. It's okay. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> did you have little dreadlocks? <laughs> I did not. My my hair Good. my hair has always been short. Uh, yeah, no, no, yeah. Well, it's the first shitty band that came to mind. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, anyway, you. it's like you know, 
it's it's fun to argue. So the great Ming Car debate was with my mm-hmm. one, one of my best friends, Steve, and me facing off against Ger Samuel and Rich Jeffries, and it was just so fun to go through and you know do the back and forth, try to be civilized about it, like high school debate team. Um, mm-hmm. And then I put a vote up on the Patreon for only Patreon people because it was a Patreon episode could vote. Uh, and uh, so is Mink Car a great album or a craptastic album? And people voted. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it is great. It is great. Though it was close. It was a little close for comfort. It is great. No, no question. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is yeah, it one of your favorites? Ca- like after Flood? If we're gonna do power rankings of albums? Uh, if we're doing power rankings of albums? Yeah. Uh yeah, I would say I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Nice. Um because again, like like I have I d I don't know if, if you or other people listening to this are like this, but like you know, Flood is like represents to me a very specific time of like I have a clear memory of me biking in semi-rural switzerland uh when i was 15 and listened yeah. to flood a lot and and mink car because yeah it came out on september 11th as i recall uh-huh. so we were um, both in college then i was in college yeah i was a i was a sophomore at berkeley um and i listened to it a lot primarily uh on late night bike rides um going to and from um the student newspaper for like from my dorm to the student newspaper because i i was a the, the term that they used at the time was the web intern, which means I was like the web lackey person who put up like news articles at 1130 at night. Um, in 2000, on the 2001 internet. On the, the 2001 in, internet. The information yeah. superhighway. Well, I That's guess we, right. we weren't calling That's it that right. anymore even yeah, still then. <laughs> nobody, yeah. But you had your uh, ethernet cable. You were all yeah, set. You, you had, had your, your T1 yeah, ethernet. You your, you, exactly. You had your T1 <laughs> ethernet, all that, all that jazz. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I was like biking to and from, from the, from the newspaper, listening to Mick Carr, nice. having come, having, you know, seen the in-store in San Francisco uh, and just like listening to, just like blasting. I I distinctly remember like blasting, like you know, man, it's so loud in here. Oh yeah, biking up and down the hills of Berkeley. Yeah, uh, to myself, you know, probably after having gone to the late night, the great late night hot dog place called Top Dog in Berkeley, which is still going strong. Oh, um, sounds good. Uh, but yeah, but that that was me. So like, Mink Car, like again, has like a very particular time and place for me. Uh, and it's fun to hear. Like when I first discovered your podcast, I think probably one of the first episodes I listened to was some of the tracks off of there. Well, I've got a um, fang. It was episode number two. People are like, "Whoa, bold choice!" I'm like, "What are you talking yeah. about? It's an amazing <laughs> song off an amazing album." And they're like, "Is it though?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, those college. There's so many albums that came out. I mean, obviously in high school, like your formative years, but like your college years, you're like, yeah, because you were away from home, right? You grew up more down LA near LA, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're away yeah. from home. You could, you have this freedom, like I can do whatever I want, except yeah. flunk, except flunk out of <laughs> school because my parents will kill yeah. me. So like exactly. you just blasting like whatever new album came out. It's still the CD era, pretty firmly the CD era. So yeah, you're like era, whatever sure. you could afford. You had to be choosy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're on a college budget. You you bought this album and you're gonna listen mm-hmm. to the shit out of it. So it's just yeah. like yeah, the mint car yeah. is just ingrained in me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, again, it's like I wouldn't say I I love every song on there. I have favorites, uh, you know, on that on that album. But yeah, I mean, I would say for me, like my personal power rankings would be Flood, Mint Car, and then probably the then the earlier years. Um, well, what do you like better, pink or pink or well, the self-titled, which people call the pink album, or Lincoln? Oh, okay. 
Which you prefer out of those seasons. It's interesting because I don't think of them as, like, for me, because I experienced them both simultaneously on that double album. um, Like, I don't think, I know that they're obviously different albums, but, like, I don't think of them as being different. Um, And I'm just looking at the track listing. Are they tracked on the double album in the order of the... Yeah, so yeah, so disc one is all of the Pink Elm and then like the B sides and EPs from okay. that that era and then okay. the second disc is I think it Lincoln was reading, yeah, kicking I mean, off I with think, Anna Ng. Yeah. Okay, because I think it was honestly like reading the liner notes, the like C D liner notes, that I even learned what like dial a song was. Like I didn't I don't yeah. think I even knew what dial a song was until that uh until I read through that. Um, that was a good, I think good booklet some, in there, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's some version. I think I feel like yeah, some of those later tracks in the like 20s or something. There's like a like in the liner notes it says like oh this first you know debuted on the Dial a Song in whatever right. year. Um, and uh, I'm just looking through this track list again. Yeah, and they're so yeah. I feel like yeah for me this was like the second album. I mean it's two albums, but I think of it as one. Um, Let's see. If I had a pr- if I had to choose, I would cho- I would say I would prefer probably I would choose Miscellaneous T again, just because like so that bass that bass clarinet on Cowtown just like really does it for me. So so <laughs> so Lincoln that right because Lincoln Miscellaneous T was the oh wait so sorry the collection uh, that came oh, sorry. before okay, then yeah. so then it's sorry. yeah then yes the answer is Lincoln see how do you know the right names. Yeah, so then the answer That's is Lincoln. That's fine. Is yeah. Me. Yeah, Lincoln um, is where I feel like they really started to solidify, like, instead of having, like, poppy song, weird song, poppy song, weird song. Right. Like, finding ways to kind of combine that. And there would be right. some that would be more poppy or some that would be more weird. Right. But rather right. than just, like, don't let's start and then, like, rabbit child, you know, you'd have, right. you know, songs that kind of combine the two strengths, you right. know. So, right. yeah, that's when I feel like, like, I love the Pink Elm. Um, because of its weirdness, but that is not what you <laughs> really would want to play for a first-time fan. I mean, I no. think that's I think that made them a lot of fans in the '80s because people were like, "This is so fucked up." I don't like I don't like I don't like uh, whatever Poison or Guns and Roses or whatever the hell was coming right. up at the time. Right. But this this is my jam. This is a weird shit. But on Lincoln, they really yeah. started figuring it out. I think. Yeah, and yeah. like Anna Ng I, again, like Anna Ng, I feel like you could play like if you. I feel like a kind of generic contemporary rock band could cover that and it would be like, oh yeah, that's not necessarily, unless you like happen to know that it's a TMBG song. It doesn't, that song on its own like doesn't scream TMBG, like the way that it, the lyrics of it, the the the, the instrumentation. Yeah, you don't you think? Know. Yeah. No, I can see but, that. I mean, yeah, it's one that, um, I mean, it's a big hit even with... No, with, it's definitely a hit. It's a good song. I I like it a lot. But like, unlike, you know... Cowtown with the bass clarinet, or uh, yeah, yeah, or something like um, right, because it's more uh, of a guitar-based rocker. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so where would here come the ABCs rank in your power rankings? <laughs> oh man! I mean, um, so you said you're not even really familiar with some of the newer albums, yeah, or are I mean, you starting I'm, to I'm get less? I'm less familiar, I'm, or I'm trying to reacquaint myself with some of the some of the more recent stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think the kids albums are really good. So yeah, yeah, I would say if I had to pick my yeah for me like my yeah top five would be Flood, Minkar, uh, uh, this. So wait. I keep, I keep screwing this up. The Pink Lincoln? Album and Lincoln. Yeah. All right. So then I then it would be Lincoln, and then it would be, um, 
and then it would be probably um, <laughs> here come the ABCs, and then okay. the science, and then probably science. the science album. That's yeah. probably how I would do it. Nice, um, very nice. So yeah. then we've come to the time where you need to score this song. Now, I've discovered that it is ranked 475 out of 910. <laughs> so, like, kind of smack dab in the middle, pretty much. Um, you know, it has an average rating of 8.15, so people like it. I mean, 8 is really good. You know, I think people yeah. that tend to rank songs, they rank them because they like them, not because they hate them. But, yeah. but still, uh, what would you score, Flying V, uh, a scale of 1 to 10, or 0 to 10, uh, just against the, the Pantheon, against, like you know, Cowtown or whatever would be a 10 for you. (laughs) I mean, I would say, I would say like, it's hard. I'm, I'm, I'm wavering between a nine and a perfect 10. Like it's a great song. It's a song. It's a song that I would, that now that we've talked, talked at length about this song makes me love it even more than I already did. Um, so actually, you know what? You push me over the edge. I'm going to go full ten. I'm gonna nice. Go full 10. <laughs> and it's also, you know, just like you talked about f- having these memories of distinctly of listening to Flood, of yeah. listening to Mink Car, these specific times in your life. Now this song is rooted in like, you know, the the family era of yeah, your life no, because of your kids. You know, that's very true. So it's you know it's going to stick with you because it's that's it's got true. those memories that have built into yeah, it. Yeah, you know, that's that's very true. Yeah, and I hope you know I hope that. Uh, my kids continue to listen to, to TMBG. I've introduced them a little bit to some of the, you know, shall we say the the cla- TMBG classics? Yeah, you know, uh, Birdhouse, Doctor Worm. My daughter really likes Doctor Worm. Oh um, God! Everybody, yeah, how could you not? I think I mentioned to you earlier, like I played for her. I think that was maybe the first time she'd ever heard, or maybe no, sorry, the second time she'd ever heard acapella was that Doctor Worm acapella cover that you played from that group out of what was it, Penn or something. Um, yeah, oh man, that was that was episode three. That was good. Yeah, they were really good. But uh, but yeah, so like you know, I've been I've been trying to introduce some of the you know non traditional kids TMBG songs. Um, but uh, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this um, is this like when I guessed it on that parenting podcast. Uh, if you didn't listen to that, it was pretty hilarious. Uh, my thoughts are that, and this is as a music teacher, that you mm-hmm. should expose kids other than like stuff that lyrically incites violence or yeah. yeah stuff like that. Um, questionable themes. Like I mm-hmm. think exposing kids to stuff of different genres, even if it's mm-hmm. stuff like. Well, I was talking like it's. I was sparked off because I was like giving Zinnia a uh, lunch or something, and I was listening to a Sonic Youth playlist that I made, and it's like all these dissonant guitar chords and these big mm-hmm. volume swells and these you know more aggressive parts and more kind of experimental droney parts, mm-hmm. and like she's bopping along just like anything else. You know, I feel yeah. like you know if, if you expose your kids to like Mr. Claw now, yeah, you know, th- then that like I said that that'll become normal, <laughs> and then they'll be the cool weird kids yeah. that like the stuff that everyone else is like i don't get it they'll they'll get they'll get it right so yeah (laughs) yeah so i think if i had to score this this is tough like zinnia is not old enough to um you know she listens to it but she listens to everything we listen to Mm -hmm. she's heard all these um but she hasn't like latched onto them like like a specific one yet she seems to respond to lazy head and sleepy bones often no but um so for this one just as a song i love Mm -hmm. the the latin feel i love the little joke that's a flying v guitar has got no guitar but Mm -hmm. i think i think i'm gonna go with a solid seven on this one all right gotta leave the headroom dude i get 
That's I got to score them all, man. Eventually, if I That's can do good. it before I, I die. Say, are you are you keeping track? <laughs> yeah, dude. If you scroll down, like there's a bunch of blank space, but if you're on the spreadsheet and you scroll all the way down, you can oh, see where okay. I've got my list of go. all my scores and all there the episodes when they've aired and what the numbers are. Yeah. Oh, there I got to go. keep score, right? So, you know, it 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 actually is ahead of she was a hotel detective. <laughs> I gave that a 6.4. I don't really feel that song. Uh, but awesome. yeah, so seven, seven's, seven's good for as far as this podcast goes, because I'm, awesome. I'm stingy, stingy with the tens. All right. Uh, Fair enough. Thanks so much for being on. I'm so happy we could work it out with uh, Jack Donaghy. Hey, this is so fun. Thank you for staying up late. I think yeah, where you are, it's after midnight on a Wednesday night. It's about to hit 1230. But like I said, spring break, quarantine break. So all right, yeah, you know. well, yeah, that was um, fun, man. Yeah, you could get out of that blanket. I'm sure you're getting warm for, under there. Uh, it is very warm under this blanket. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you want to plug? Like, uh, you plug the, um, say, the, say the title of your book again. Yeah, you uh, you can find me. At, you can find my work at nbcnews.com. You can find me tweeting too much uh, at um, my Twitter name, which is cfarivar. C F A R I V flying v a r uh yeah that's my twitter name um and yeah um, what's what's the title of your book again the title of my book is called habeas data that's a good name it's about uh yeah 50 years of surveillance law in america yeah dude yeah nice dude that was so fun but yeah i'm exhausted so i am gonna uh hit the hay but yeah that was super fun love meeting new people and thanks again for uh retweeting stuff because it does it really helps the you know us, to us uh tiny projects so thanks for listening to this might be a podcast we are a punknews.org production our theme is by me and the exquisite dead guys hope you like that Follow me on Twitter at This Might Be A Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, This Might Be A Podcast.com. This Might Be A Podcast.bandcamp.com where you can download that theme for free if you'd like, as well as a lot of awesome covers. Email me your thoughts. This Might Be A Pod at gmail.com. And leave me voicemails at 224-801-2930. If you really like what you're hearing, you can support the pod at patreon.com slash this might be a podcast. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>